six o'clock and good morning to each and every one of our listeners all around the world, all around in South Africa and in Africa. Good morning. Be blessed and have a wonderful day. And uh, if it's cold, your side of the world, especially down in the southern hemisphere, especially down here, I hope that you will be blessed with the warmth of fellowship on Radio Pulpit and K-Pulpit today. And on behalf of each and every one of us on the teams, good morning. Let's be lights of the world. Hmm? Jesus talking to his disciples, and Matthew recorded this in Matthew chapter 5. And in verse 14, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. You, who are the people he is talking to, his disciples, what is a disciple? The Greek word for a disciple is a mathetes. And a mathetes is someone who imitates someone else. It's like a little boy or a little girl when they imitate their dad or their mom and uh, they love to do or to say what they see in their parents. They imitate their parents. A disciple literally, a mathetes, yes, is a follower in the footsteps of the master, yes. A mathetes, a disciple, is someone who learns from the rabbi. But to the core, literally, a disciple in the Greek text, mathetes means to be an imitator. Who are the disciples? They are the imitators of their leader, their rabbi, Jesus Christ, their savior, the son of God. You, disciple, you are the light of the world. You should be like me. Jesus said, because I am the light of the world. So you should imitate who I am, disciple. You are the light of the world, Matthew 5:14. A city, said Jesus, set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel in the house, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. What a word. To be a city on a hill. Hmm? To be a shining light to the nations. The light which can be seen. The light which warns and the light which guides. These are the lights which the Christian must 
be. These three perspectives. You are the light of the world. Practicalities of that. You must be seen. You must warn. And you must guide. You know, it well may be said that this is the greatest compliment that was ever paid to the individual Christian. When Jesus said, you are the light of the world. For in it, Jesus commands the Christian, the disciple, to be what he himself claimed to be. John 9 verse 5, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. It's rather a thought. Perhaps the greatest compliment ever paid to a Christian, to a follower of Jesus Christ, to a disciple. In it, Jesus commands me as his disciple, as a Christian, to be what he himself claimed to be, to be the light of the world. As John 9, 5 said, Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world, John 9, 5. You see, a disciple a mathetes in the Greek, as I said earlier on, is an imitator of his leader. And Jesus is telling his disciples in Matthew chapter 5, Be what I myself claim to be, the light of the world. When Jesus commanded his followers to be the lights of the world, he demanded nothing less that they should be like himself. When Jesus spoke these words, he was using an expression which was quite familiar to the Jews who heard it for the first time. They knew what he was talking about because they themselves spoke of Jerusalem as the light to the Gentiles. And these was, these were the uh, the Orthodox Jews in Jesus' time, they they knew what it meant. Because when Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, they, as Jews, they comprehended what he was meaning. Because they themselves spoke of Jerusalem as a light to the Gentiles. And a very famous rabbi of the time was often called a lamp of Israel. So famous rabbis, rabbis in the time of Jesus and even to these days, a famous rabbi is often called a lamp of Israel. So the Jews understood this expression very well. The Jews understood that it was a great compliment when you were a disciple of Jesus. When Jesus said, you are the light of the world. They comprehended and they understood that they should imitate Christ Jesus, the Son of God, to be the light of the world. But the way in which the Jews used this expression gave them a key to the way in which Jesus also used it. Now, one thing the Jews were very, very sure, no man kindled his own light. No one uh, kindled his own light. Jerusalem was indeed a light to the Gentiles, but God lit Israel's 
lamp. They knew the light is not in you. God lit Israel's lamp. And the rabbi, when he shone his light, it was lit by God. The Jews were very sure of this. So the disciples, when Jesus said, you are the light of the world, they understood. The light with which the nation or the man of God shone was a borrowed light. It wasn't their own. It was a borrowed light. And so it must be with me and you as a Christian. It is not the demand of Jesus that we should, as it were, produce our own light, be the source of our own light. We must shine with a reflection of Jesus' light. And the tragic thing throughout all the ages was that there were prophets and, and, and yes, even pastors and dominies and church leaders and Christians who thought they were the peanut in the pocky. They were the light to shine. They were the source. You get it. Until this day, church leaders, Christian leaders, who think it's their own light, their own church, their own congregation, their own pulpits. Even Christians, be aware, this is a borrowed light. This light which we shine is lit by God through the grace of Christ. The radiance which shines from the Christian comes from the presence of Jesus Christ within the Christian's heart. You know, we often speak about a, a bride who just shines when she walks down the aisle in the church when she gets married. She shines from the love which was born within her heart for the bridegroom. In fact, it's a borrowed light. It's a borrowed shong, shining. When Jesus said that the Christian must be the light of the world, what did he mean? Quickly, three things. Firstly, a light is first and foremost something which, which is meant to be seen. A light must be seen. A light must be seen. That's what Jesus said. Now, the houses in Palestine were very dark. It was, uh, they only had one little circular window, perhaps not more than about 45 centimeters across. A small little dark circular window, one for the whole house. So it was the houses in Palestine at the time were, they were very dark. The lamp which they used was like a, like a, like a sauce boat. Uh, now how can I explain that? A sauce boat. Uh, a sauce pot. And the lamp was like a sauce boat. 
with oil in it, with a strip of porous material, which drawn, draw up the oil to the flame like a candle, a pit, soos onze Afrikaans sal sê, in die spot, in die spot is gevul met olie, en die pit is in die olie, en die trek die olie op na die vlam. Die pit drijf in die olie. This porous strip of material floating in the oil, so that it can be lit. It was not so easy to rekindle a lamp in the days before matches existed. Remember, they didn't have matches. So, once the lamp was lit, it should remain lit. And normally the lamp stood on the lampstand, which would be no more than a roughly shaped branch of wood in their times. And when people went out of the house for safety's sake, otherwise the house could burn down, they took the lamp from its stand and put it under an earthen, like a, like a, like a pottery pot. Uh, so that it may burn, still, without the risk of burning down the house if it tumbled over, until they came back. So they didn't have matches to, to light uh, the, uh, the lamp again. So they had to keep it burning. And the primary duty of the light of the lamp was to be seen, because the house was dark. So then, Christianity is something which is meant to be seen. It's not a secret. Secrecy destroys discipleship. There's no such thing as a secret disciple. Secrecy destroys the discipleship. Or the discipleship destroys the secrecy. In all the years I've been a Domini in many, many congregations throughout South Africa, and even here at Radio Pulpit, I met people was very adamant. I don't testify. My religion is a, is a private matter, they would say. I had elders in my churches who didn't want to pray because they said, my religion is very private. I do not walk with it on my arm. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, There's no such thing as a secret disciple. A man's Christianity should be perfectly visible to all people. This Christianity should not be visible only within the church as well. A Christianity whose effects stop at the church door is not much use to anyone. It should be even more visible in the ordinary activities of the world. And therefore Jesus said, you are the light of the world, not the church. Our Christianity should be visible in the way we treat someone when we go to the cafe, in the way we order a meal in a restaurant, how we treat the waiter, in the way we treat our employees, in the way we serve our employer, in the way we play rugby or soccer, in the way we park a car, (laughs) 
in the way we drive in traffic, in our daily language we use, in the literature we read. A Christian should be just as much a Christian at work, uh, in a mine, at school, at university, in a factory, in a surgery, if you are a doctor or a nurse, in the kitchen, on the golf course, on the soccer field, on the rugby field, as he is in church. Jesus didn't say, you are the light of the church. He said, you are the light of the world. But a light, secondly, is also a guide. Here where we live in Pringle Bay, near us at Hunklip, it's a huge mountain just behind the house, and there is a lighthouse and right across False Bay on the other side is Cape Point on the edge of the peninsula of Cape Town and there's a lighthouse too these two lighthouses indicates the entrance into False Bay when you cannot see at night for instance a light is like a lighthouse to guide So then a Christian must make the way clear to others. It's to say a Christian must be of necessity to be an example. And thirdly, a light can often be a warning light as well, like the lighthouse. Not only to guide, but as a warning light. The lighthouse at Hunklip here, at Pringle Bay, or at Cape Point across False Bay, or other places in South Africa or the world, a lighthouse is a warning light so that ships do not run onto the rocks. Sometimes the Christian's duty is to bring our fellow men the necessary warning from God's heart, from God's word. So what Jesus said is, the light which can be seen You are the light of the world, is a light which warns, which guides, and must be seen. How is your light as God's child this morning? Can others see it? Are others warned by the way you live? Can others be guided by the light which is borrowed from Christ? Because he is the source. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. You, my disciples, my imitators, my followers, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the heart. Father God, in Jesus' name, we confess our darkness. We confess our secrecy. Early this morning at 20 minutes past 6 o'clock, light afresh your light, the source, so that I may go into this Wednesday to be the light of the world. Amen.